Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. I want to preach a message that uh, really pertains to all of us, but not just about Pastor Nancy coming, but this message can pertain to everything from special meetings to how you come on Sunday and what you get out of it or don't get out of it. It can pertain to life groups. It can pertain to your personal devotional time with God on a daily basis. So this morning, uh, today, I want to talk about responding to the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about responding to the Holy Spirit. So this is kind of going to be one of those messages where I'm going to talk to you like home talk. Like this is like, I'm just going to talk to you like we're at Puerto Vallarta. And um, I paid for it, of course, because that's why people go with me. And... um, yeah, we got chips and salsa. You know, um, I, I'm going to be getting a fajita, probably some sort of like steak fajitas and probably Coke to drink. I shouldn't drink it because uh, Michael's drinking it, so he'll probably be at the table with us. But when Michael drinks sugary drinks and when he eats carbs, he actually loses weight and his six-pack becomes more defined. Okay, it's weird. For me, that's the opposite of what happens. I gain weight, and I look like uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy when, uh, when I drink sugary drinks. So, anyways, picture this Puerto Vallarta. Let's get back on task. Why did you guys get me off? I'm going to talk to you like we're at Puerto Vallarta. We're eating chips and dip and queso, and I paid for it, of course. And, and I'm having fajitas. You're having the Ishmael special, right? Probably with lots of queso on it. So I'm going to talk, this kind of got to be a home talk, so um, I'm going to say some things that probably if you've been in church, you know what I'm talking about, and if you're new, just try to jump in where you can. But I think this pertains to everybody today. So we're going to talk about responding to the Holy Spirit, responding to the Holy Spirit. So James 4, in verse 8, let's read the first part of this verse. Notice what it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Real simple verse, but we're talking today about responding to the Spirit of God. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. But look who's the first person in this verse. It's you. You draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Now, I want to prepare you for these upcoming meetings we're having. I want to prepare you for how you come on Sunday. I want to prepare you for how you go to life groups. I want to prepare you for how you have a personal devotional life with God because a lot of people aren't getting what they should get out of it because they don't know how to respond to the Holy Spirit. Now, Pastor Nancy's coming this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I want you to be prepared for her coming because she has something for you. You're saying, Pastor, does she got a word for me? Well, at least from the pulpit she does. I don't know if she's going to call you out or not. But even if she just preached to you three messages, it could change your life if you responded the right way to her. You don't have to get prayed over to receive that. Now, that's on top of it. And I know her ministry, she's probably going to have healing lines and ministry lines, and she's going to pray for people. And, and I've been watching Pastor Nancy on live stream, and she's in a different place. So our church needs to be ready to receive her so we're not putting the brakes on her. We're saying, Pastor Nancy, you do what God's called you to do, and we're right there with you. We're going to respond with you. During the, during the worship, we're going to respond. During the ministry time, we're going to respond. During the teaching time, we're going to respond. We're not going to put the brakes on you, Pastor Nancy, or anybody else who gets in this pulpit. We're going to say, God, you do what you need to do, and we're right there with you. Because it makes a difference how the service goes or how it doesn't go. 
whether people respond or don't respond. So we're going to respond to the Holy Spirit, and we need to respond if you want to receive from God. So if we're going to respond to God, we need to know some things. And I want to talk about that today, real practical message on how should we come to service? How should we come to a special meeting? How should we come to our life group? How should we come in our daily time with God? And I want to give you some practical things, but before we go there, realize if you don't respond to God, hear me clearly, you will not receive from God. The question is not whether God's trying to do something in your life. He's always trying to do something in your life. But we don't always respond to him. So he's limited at what he can do in our lives because we're not responding to him. A lot of us are waiting on God to do something. But the truth is God's waiting on us to respond. God has already initiated a lot of stuff. And he's waiting on us as his church, as his sons and daughters, to respond to what he's doing. Or we could just sit back and act like, well, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on a breakthrough. I'm waiting on you to do something. No, that's not true. God's waiting on us. The scripture we just read, once again, says, draw near to God. That's you first. And he will draw near to you. So God's waiting on us. Now, let's read this passage again but in several different translations it it could get some clarity today James 4 and verse 8 in the New King James James 4 verse 8 if we could pull that up draw near to God and he will draw near to you let's look at the New Living Translation of that look what it says come close to God that's responding right come close to God and notice what will happen and God will come close to you let's look at the passion translation of this verse Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. Now, what I hear in all these verses, you got to respond to God if you want to receive from God. We got to respond to God in service if we want to receive from God. We got to respond to God in our life groups if we want to receive from God. We got to respond in special meetings if we want to receive from God. We got to respond in our personal life when we're worshiping God in our car. If we want to receive from God, we got to respond to God when we're reading our Bible in the parking lot. We're, we're, we're trying to read before we go to work. We got to respond to Him if we want to receive from God. God is waiting on us all the time. He's trying to initiate stuff with us, but we have to respond to it if we must receive what He has for us. Recently, I heard this quote. And it's a powerful quote, and it made me check myself. It's from Rick Warren. He says, we are all as close to God as we want to be. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We are all as close to God as we want to be. It should sober you up a little bit. I had to look at myself and say, he's right. That's what the scripture says. Draw near to God as much as you want, and he'll draw near to you. If you don't want it, he's not going to push himself off on you because he gave you your own free will. God's always trying to initiate stuff. He's always trying to come close to you. He's always trying to draw near, but he says, I'll give you your space, and you can come to me when you want to. 
And when we draw near to God, when we respond to God, he will respond to us so we can receive from him. But we're all in here only as close to God as we want to be. So we're saying, well, God is a million miles away from me. He's not the one who moved. He's not. God feels so distant. He didn't move. You did. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to be real today. God is always doing something. He's always initiating something. He always wants a deeper relationship with you. But he will wait until you respond. All of us in here are as close to God as we want to be. Now that's sobering news, but also good news. Meaning all of us can get closer to God anytime we want to start responding. All of us can have a better relationship with God as long as we start responding. We can start getting more out of service. Would you like that? Your face would look a lot better in service if you were receiving more. It would. You would enjoy worship more if you responded more. You would because you would get so much more out of it. You would get more out of special meetings and more out of the messages and and more out of your life group if you responded more. God is waiting on us. The good news is we can be as close to God as we want to be if we respond. Now, are you with me today? So the Bible says, once again, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. But we have to take the step. We have to respond. Now, we're talking about responding to the Holy Spirit. And in your Bible, it's very clear, especially in the New Testament, it talks about that we can quench the Spirit of God, that we can grieve the Spirit of God, that we can resist the Spirit of God. How many know that's the opposite of responding to the Holy Spirit? Now, some of you came from a tradition will say, well, God can do whatever he wants to do. He's just going to do it. He's, if he wants me to get it, he's just going to come down, and I'm going to start doing a Holy Ghost fit. <laughs> and I'm going to fall out, and I'm just going to receive. No, no, if, if you don't want it, you're not going to get it. No, you're not. That's religion. You, well, you, well, if the message was really for me, I would have got something out of it. No, how did you come to service? In this old religious mindset, if God wants to do it, it's just going to do it. Well, the Bible wouldn't say you could quench the Spirit. You can resist the Spirit and you can grieve the Spirit. That means you could put up the wall up to God and He's not coming in because He respects your will. So we can either resist the Spirit of God in our life or we can respond to Him, but we have the choice to do either one of those. And it's not up to God. So no, God can't just do whatever He wants to do. He set it up where he respects your personal will. And if you choose to quench him, if you choose to put the brakes on God, if you choose to resist him during a service or during ministry time or during your life group, he won't go any further. And then you'll say, why didn't I get anything out of that? You know why? Because you resisted him. And we only get stuff from God through his spirit when we respond to God. We respond to him. We receive from him when we respond to him, but if we resist him, he won't move in our life the way he wants to. Now, we'll still get something. I believe that, but you won't get everything you should have got because you need to respond to the Holy Spirit. I'm liking this so far. I don't know about you. I'm receiving this. 
we're only as close to God as we want to be. So talking about responding to the Holy Spirit, I have five things I want to share with you today. They're all real practical things. And once again, they pertain to Pastor Nancy meetings coming up. They pertain to Sunday service. They pertain to your life groups. They pertain to just your personal walk with God. These five things can help you practically respond to the Holy Spirit in your life so you receive all that he has for you. You want to hear those things? You sure? You want to hear those things? Okay. Talking about responding to the Holy Spirit, the first thing is if we're going to respond to God's Spirit, we have to make it a priority. Matthew 6, you could just write it down. Very familiar passage. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. But notice it says, seek first. Seek first means make it a priority. Make it a priority. How do we respond to God? Well, we got to make his presence, make his spirit the priority in our life. For service, for special meetings, for life groups, for your personal life with God, make it a priority. That's how we respond to the Spirit. We put Him first, His things first, and it's amazing how much more you get out of it when He's first in your life, when He's the top priority in your life. Now, I'm going to tell you real practically how you do that. How do you make God a priority in your life? You're going to have to pre-decide what you're going to do before you get in the situation. Did you hear me? I said you're going to have to pre-decide. You know what that means? Real practically, because some of you guys haven't made this decision yet, and you wonder why you get some stuff from God, and then sometimes you don't get much from God, because he's not a priority yet. you got to pre-decide, I'm going to be at every Sunday service when the doors are open. That's a pre-decision. That means before Sunday morning comes, you make the decision, I'm going to be there Sunday morning. I don't care what comes up. I'm going to be at church on Sunday morning. That's a pre-decision. And really, everything in life that you should be doing is a pre-decision. you got to pre-decide before you get into the situation what you're going to do. Why? Because something will always come up if you wait to decide when the moment comes. It will always come up. Trust me, it will. So you already decide if God's first in your life, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, I'm going to be here. I don't care if my kid has a game. They'll be here with me at Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I don't care if work called me. I will be here at Sunday at 10 o'clock. I don't care if, you know, I'm feeling off that day. I will be here at 10 o'clock. I don't care if I was depressed the night before. I will be here at 10 o'clock. Why? It's a pre-decision. And that pre-decision is responding to God's spirit, and you'll be amazed at what you get when you actually get to church when you made the decision ahead of time. I'm about to take a lap in this Methodist church. You've got to pre-decide what you're going to do before you do it. You know, there, there's, there's three meetings coming up this week. You know what you've got to do? I've already decided. Guess what? I'm going to be here Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. You say, you're the pastor. You have to be here. I've got to do whatever. I can do whatever I want to do. Listen, I could blow off the whole meeting and say, hey, Dad, Morgan, whoever else, take the meeting. I'll be at home. I can do what I want to do. I want to be here. And I pre-decided I'm going to be at Pastor Nancy meetings on Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. I've already made that decision. I'm not waiting for if my friends call, I'll change my mind. 
or something comes up. Why? Because something will always come up if you wait to make the decision. You got to predecide for your life group. You got to predecide when they put out the dates for the semester. Mark that on your calendar. I predecided I'm already going to be there. Why? Because when you get there, something will always come up. It will always come up if you don't make the predecision that you're going to be there. Your time with God daily. Why does something always come up? You're, you're not busy the rest of the day, but when you try to read your Bible, everybody's texting you. Alarms are going off at work. Things are to do. Why? There's a reason that's happening because the enemy wants to get you distracted off what you should be doing. you got to predecide that you're going to spend time with God every day. You're going to pray every day. You're going to worship every day. You're going to read every day. you got to make that decision ahead of time. That's how you make something a priority in your life. Are you with me today? And that's real practical, but that's part of responding to the Holy Spirit. Some of you do that, but some of you don't do that. Why? Because you haven't made the pre-decision, this is what I'm going to do. And you're wondering why you get some stuff from God, but you don't get as much as everybody else. Because you haven't made the pre-decision. You got to make the predecision that this is a priority and I will be here. Not because I have to be, not because pastor t- twisted my arm to be here, because I want to be here. And because I believe God has something for me here and I made the pre-decision. I'm going to be here every Sunday. I'm going to be at every life group. I'm going to be at every special meeting, whether it's Pastor Nancy or dad's special meeting or somebody else. I'm going to be there. And, and I don't care what comes up. I've already decided. So if something does come up, it's too bad. I've already decided. In my own heart, in my own life, I made a predecision. In your personal walk with God, I predecided what I'm going to do because something will always come up. Trust me, it will. You know why? Because whenever you try to make spiritual progress, the devil will make sure something always comes up. Nothing happened all week, but the night you go to life group, the kids are acting crazy. The lawnmower broke. The stove caught on fire. Why just that day? Because the enemy does not want you to make spiritual progress. He wants you to cancel on your life group. Trust me, it's happened many times before. Why in the special meetings or the craziest week at work and you're like, oh, I'm tired. I can't go this week. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to make spiritual progress. You know what you got to do? Be a grown man. And a grown woman and put your foot down and make a predecision. This is what I'm going to do. And make it a priority. Now, why are you doing that? Because God wants to do something in your life. And that's part of responding to him. That's the first step. And he honors those pre-decisions. He honors those decisions. That's about making a priority in our life. You're saying, well, pastor, I don't do that with anything else in my life. Yeah, you do. All of you have already pre-decided you're going to work tomorrow. Am I right? Or, yeah, you've already decided. It's, but it's Sunday. Something could come up before tomorrow. But you've already decided. Why? Because your money matters to you. And you don't even want to go to work, half of you in here. But you've already pre-decided I'm going to be there. Why? Because you got to be there. If you'll do something for something that you don't even like that much, how much more the house of God? How much more God's presence? How much more responding to the Spirit of God? 
You've already decided for your kids. You pre-decided for them they will be at school tomorrow. Can I get amen, parents or grandparents? You've already, you haven't even asked them about what they want to do tomorrow. You, you, you already know. You've made that decision for them. You will be at school tomorrow morning, didn't you? And, and, you're, and you've already thought through in the morning they're going to say, I'm tired. I don't feel good. Take my temperature. But you've already pre-decided for them they will be at school in the morning. Am I right or am I right? Why? Because that's what's best for them. That's what's best for them. And as your pastor, I love you, but the house of God is what's best for you. It is. Being here every Sunday. Being here if we have a special Wednesday. Being here to hear men and women of God like Pastor Nancy or Pastor Debbie Simons is coming later on this year or my dad and other people. I, I mean, I'm not, even, I'm not the one preaching, guys. This is not about me. I'm saying this is what's best for you, but you got to make a predecision because something will always come up. You know, every time my dad ever went to a special meeting for Dr. Dufresne, it, the week before would be the worst week of his life. Every time. Something would come up. Finances would be low. Just dramatic people at church. Drama, trauma, all the above. Why? Because the enemy didn't want dad to go to that special meeting to receive all that God had for him. And every time he pushed through and went, he received so much in those meetings. Why? Because he made the pre-decision. Are you with me today? Now, you already won for one because you're here this morning, so you already made the decision today. So how do we make God a priority? How do we respond to the Spirit of God? Because we got to seek him first. Well, when you pre-decide you're going to be at whatever God's doing and through the church that you're a part of, and even in your personal life, you pre-decide, God, this is your time, and I put you first. When you make that decision, that's showing the Spirit of God you're responding to him. That's an act of you drawing near to God. Just for the fact that you drove to church this morning, told the Holy Spirit, I'm drawing near to you. The, you walking through that door said, God, I'm, I may not have everything together here, but I'm, I'm reaching out to you. I'm responding to you. I'm trying to draw near and come close by coming to this place this morning. That's what it said. Because you made God a priority in your life. And that's responding to the Holy Spirit. Got to make a pre-decision. There's, there's certain things in my life that I've already decided about, especially it pertains to Natalie. I don't care who calls. If, it, if I'm doing something with Natalie, you ain't getting a hold of me. I'm not coming. I don't care what happens. I'm taking Natalie to Irish dance class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't care what happens because I'm a dance dad. You ever seen dance moms? Dance dads. I'm starting it. It's Irish dance. Now, if you don't know who Natalie is, Natalie's my 10-year-old daughter. I've already made some decisions. When it comes to Natalie, I will choose her above all other people. I made the pre-decision because she's my daughter. I made the decision already. I don't have to wait till I get there and I'm like, well, maybe I got something to do at church or maybe something came up or maybe. No, I've already made the decision. Natalie's a priority in my life. I pre-decided that. But I pre-decided that about spiritual things as well, like church, like special meetings, like being a part of community. I've made that decision already because it's what's best for me. That's responding to the Spirit of God. The next thing is, when we come to church, special meetings, or anything with God, we got to come in unity. We got to come in unity. 
Every time in the Bible where God's presence was poured out, you see the church in unity. Acts 2 and verse 1, I got a few verses for you. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. Notice, this was the first day of the church, the day of Pentecost, where the Spirit of God got poured out. It says the first verse before the Spirit came in all his fullness, they were all with one accord and in one place. Unity. They came in unity in one accord. And that's where the Spirit of God moved. And he was able to respond back to them. Acts 4 and verse 32. Still talking about the early church. All the believers were united. Unity in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. And notice what happened. And the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great, God's great blessings was upon all of them. So we see that the early church, we look at the early church as a model in the book of Acts. And we're like, man, God was moving. And, and the spirit of God was being poured out. And there was miracles, signs, and wonders. But they were unified. That's why it was happening. So when we come to church or, or we come and be a part of what God's doing, we have to come in unity. That's responding to the Holy Spirit. Now with unity, I mean that when you come into a, a church service like this or a special meetings, you come and get an agreement. You don't, you don't put the brakes on the, the minister and like, ah, I don't know. Ah. You, you hook up with your spirit. And you hook up with your faith and you go, I'm going to get an agreement with this service. I'm going to get an agreement with the worship. I'm going to get an agreement with the message. I'm going to get an agreement with the, the ministry time. I'm going to come and be unified in what God is doing. And that's where God's presence is poured out when there's unity. This also means when you respond to the Spirit of God in unity, that when you come in here, you forgive people. You let go of offense. You don't look at one side of the church building and you're like, oh yeah, we don't, we don't hang out with those people. Or that one person at church I haven't talked to in 10 years because they said one offensive thing to me at a church picnic. Let it go. Do you realize your stinky attitude will affect the unity in this church building that affects the spirit of God moving? It does. The Holy Spirit was poured out in the early church because they were all in one accord. They were of one heart and one soul. They were unified together. That's why God's presence and his spirit could move and do what it was meant to do. Because they responded together in unity. Hear me this morning. You affect the atmosphere of this church. You affect the atmosphere of special meetings. You affect the atmosphere of the life group you go to. Because you could come in with your, your bitterness and unforgiveness and offense. And it will affect the unity that's in that group for God to be able to move the way he wants to move. We respond to the spirit of God when we come in unity into God's presence. We get in agreement and we forgive and we let stuff go. Why? Because it's not worth it. I'd rather God's spirit move than me holding my grudge against the person across the street. 
Is your unforgiveness more important than somebody getting a miracle over here? I want to keep my unforgiveness. Well, well, this person over here needs healing, and your stinky attitude's affecting the unity in this building. Am I right or am I right? It, it does. You're thinking, well, my, that, that's just between me and that person. No, it's not if you're part of a church family. Your spirit affects everybody else in here. How you come to church affects everybody else in here because we're all connected in this thing. And when we all come in unity, there's a difference. And when we all come in disunity, there's a difference. But when we decide I'm going to be a one heart, one soul, one mind, and I come united with my brothers and sisters, you'll be amazed that's where God's power is poured out. That's what we see in the early church. Time and time again, they were unified. God's power moved. They were unified. God's power was present, healing, delivering, setting people free when they were unified. Are you receiving this today? Let's look at uh, Psalm 133. This is one of the best passages I know about unity. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren and sisters. Mad that. To dwell together in unity. Notice what it's like. It's like the precious oil. Now, now the oil here is the anointing of God. Is the Holy Spirit. It's a type and shadow in the Old Testament of God's Spirit, the oil. But how does that take place? Because they're in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. It says when brothers and sisters get together in unity, there's God's anointing, there's God's blessing, and there's God's life in that service. Isn't that amazing? Just when you come in unity. So we respond to the Spirit of God by coming in unity. Now, we talked about we respond by priority and we respond by unity, but I got a few more things that I want to share with you on how to prepare yourself for church and these special meetings and your personal life with God. We respond. The third one is in prayer. Prayer positions us and puts our heart in a place for God to move in our life. The book of James says that we have not because we ask not. If we want to receive from God all that he has, we're going to have to pray to get our heart in the right place and also to ask God for some things. we got to pray. Now, I don't mean to oversimplify this, but it's real simple. The Bible says, especially in the Gospels, that Jesus said time and time again, you need to ask. Well, doesn't God know? Yes, he does. But he says you need to ask. Why do you need to ask? That's you responding. Well, God knows I need that, but he said you need to ask. Why? That's you responding and moving closer and closer to him. And you can say, God, I know you know I need this, but I need this. 
I need this to happen today in service. I need this answer in life group. I need you to move in this special meeting. I need this to happen in my personal devotional life with me. I need you to talk to me. I need you to move on my kids' behalf. I need you to fix this and run relationships. I need you to help me in my finances. You have not because we ask not. We're still talking about responding to the Spirit of God. Yes, we do it in priority and unity, but we do it in prayer. We respond to Him by praying. Don't have to be long prayers. Don't have to be elegant prayers. They just need to be real, faith-filled prayers. So think about this. When you come to church, just, just this morning, no guilt, condemnation, or shame, but... Did you say anything to God before you got here? Just anything. Even just like, hi. Or did you come in just cold turkey? Because a lot of weeks, I can tell that's the way you came in here. Because as soon as worship starts, it's awkward. You know why? Because you haven't talked to that person all week. You haven't spent any time with that person all week. So then we start singing about them. And you're like, get excited. And you're like, oh, we just got to get to know each other again. But it shouldn't be like that. We should be prayed up and ready to go so much when the worship starts, you're ready to go. You're like, I just talked to him five minutes ago. Let's go. I'm ready to respond. I'm ready to engage. I'm ready to get excited. This is not a long-distance relationship. I was just with him in my car before I got in here. Because I prayed some prayers, and I am ready to respond to God. Because I've been talking to him already. That's what prayer is. And that's how we respond to him. But ask yourself, even something as simple as that, on your way here, did you say anything to God? Anything. Just like, um, God, I pray that we have a good service. Even if you just said that, that would be better than nothing. Did you say anything like, God, I pray that all the helps teams at Church on the Rock walk in excellence today in anointing, that you, you bless them with strength. God, I pray that when we take up the offering today, that, that Pastor and the rest of our church family will have more than enough to do what we're called to do. God, I pray over the worship team that when we get here, that I'm going to enter in and our whole church is going to enter in. Or God, I pray that the pastor would preach something that, that could actually help me and encourage me. And I believe you have answers today for me. So I come listening and ready and responsive to hear what you have to say because I'm ready to go. And God, I believe you'll do that. You could have said all that in your car with your coffee crossing next to you. And you'll be amazed just by doing that how your service today would be different. That pertains to everything. That pertains to your life group. Why don't you pray on the way to your life group? Instead of, let's see what they got this week. Another icebreaker. If you had the good attitude, you'd be getting something out of that icebreaker. My God, icebreaker. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you came prayed up and ready to go. I know some of you ladies that bring food to some of these events. You get the Holy Ghost just from that if you came in the right spirit. My God. What about when you go to life group, though? Do you, do you pray? Do you say anything to God? Or you say, oh, it's just another whatever. Pastor told me to do this. He's got to get on me if he hears about it. 
Prayer is us responding to God. It's asking what we need. And he hears us and he answers. But we got to say something. Prayer is part of us responding to God. Now, you guys said you wanted to receive, right? More of the, out of what the Spirit of God has for you. You wanted to receive. I'm talking to people that want to receive more from God in their personal life. That's why I'm talking like this. Well, we got to make them a priority. We got to come in unity. And we need to pray if we're going to receive all that God has for us. These are, these are actually just small things and changes you need to make in your heart. It's not a big to-do list. But you'll be amazed at what God does because why? It's showing God, I'm drawing near to you. I'm coming close to you. I'm moving my heart closer and closer to you. I'm not perfect. I'm not getting everything right. But God, I'm trying here. And when God sees that movement, he responds to you. He moves closer and closer to you. He draws near to you when we respond to him. The next thing is one of my favorite. I'm going to group these two together. It's hunger and faith. When we come to church, when we come to a special meeting, when we come to a life group, when we, we come to even our personal time with God, we need to come, if we want to receive what God has for us, with hunger and faith. That's response. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. But Jesus said about hunger, he says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. When we come to God, the Bible says we must come in faith if we're going to receive. And Jesus said in the Gospels that you will receive according to your faith. Notice Jesus didn't say, you're going to receive according to my power and ability. Because he's got that. But he said, you're going to receive according to your faith. How much do you want it? How much do you hunger after it? How much do you have faith to receive it? That's what you're going to get out of the service and his presence, no more and no less. So when we respond to God, we got to come with hunger and faith. Hunger and faith. Let's talk about hunger for a second. Hunger, we could use this word as desire. Desire. When I come to church, when I'm in God's presence, do I really desire anything to happen? Do I really want anything to take place there? Do I really desire God's presence? Because if I don't, I won't get much out of it. Desire is so important. Hunger for the things of God is so, so important. I want to give you this quote, but Brother Kenneth E. Hagin was at Pastor Nancy and Dr. Dufresne's church in 2003. That was the year he passed away. And they were in a back room, and Pastor Nancy had told Brother Hagin because he had complimented them on the services because they went so well and he was able to preach freely and minister freely and he felt like he could get into the prophet's ministry the way he wanted to. And she said, well, we sure have been praying for you. His response was this. He wasn't downing prayer because he, he talked about prayer. He was a man of prayer. He said, well, that's great that you prayed, but 
The gifts and move of God don't just come by prayer. They come by prayer and hunger. By prayer and hunger. And he said, yeah, it's good that you pray, but you got to come hungry because that's when God's spirit moves. What's hunger? You desire it. You want it. And not in a selfish way. I'm not saying you're, you're, you're over there like, God, give me a word. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, God, you say whatever for the service, I want it. The worship, I want it. The preaching, I want that word. I'm hungry for it. Ministry time, I'm hungry for it. You're just pulling it out of people. Why? Because you desire it. You desire God's presence. You desire God's spirit. You hunger after it. But you know, the Bible says that. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1. Look what it says. Talking about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Notice that. Desire. Hunger after spiritual gifts. The things of the Spirit. Because the move of God doesn't just happen with prayer. Prayer and hunger. Desire. We want God to move in our life and in this church. How does that happen? You got to want it. You got to desire it. Hunger after it. But also you have to have some faith. The Bible says that we must have faith and it will be done to us according to our faith. Now, another word for faith we could use is expectation. Let's read this verse in Hebrews 11.1 1, in the New Living. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen, and it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. But notice that. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Now, that word hope in the Bible is not our modern definition of hope. Our modern definition of hope is like wish. The Bible definition of hope is confident expectation. So it says faith is confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Confident expectation, that's faith. So how do we respond to God? We respond to him by hunger and faith, desire and expectation. Expectation is one of my favorite things to talk about because you will get from God what you expect out of him. You will get out of the service what you expect out of it. What do you expect? Why? Because that's really your faith. Now, if some of you came today, which some of you probably did come this way, same old, same old. Just another day in church. That's what you'll get out of it. Right? Because that's what you're expecting. You're expecting same old, same old. So you're going to get same old, same old from God. Some of you came with no expectation at a special meeting. And you're like, I didn't get much out of it. Because you were expecting. It's just another special meeting. There's no faith. Some of you, when you come up to the prayer line, you don't expect anything to happen. What is that? You don't got any faith. And then when you get prayed for, 
and nothing happens, you're like, what happened? I guess God's power is not real. I guess I'm missing it. Yeah, because you're not expecting anything. Because faith is expectation. Now, I know you guys know how to do this because I can sense it at different times and different services where there is more expectation. Just like camp. When we go to summer camp, it's tangible, the expectation in that room for God to move. It's tangible. Why? Because everybody's expecting something. Everybody's releasing their faith. But why doesn't that happen every service? Because everybody's not releasing their faith like that. They're not. And there's a difference in the way that God moves at camp and sometimes on Sunday mornings. Why? Lack of expectation. Am I preaching to the wrong group? Versus Responding to God is responding to him in hunger and desire, but in faith and expectation. What do you expect God to do? I don't know. That's what you'll get. Not much. That's what you'll get. What are you expecting out of life group this season? I don't know. My wife just told me to go. <laughs> and guess what? At the end of the semester, you're going to tell her you didn't get anything out of it. You know why? Because you had no expectation. And you got what you expected. So don't blame it on the life group leader. That's your lack of expectation. Right church? Still in the right church. Okay. Faith is expectation. I love this. This is one of the best quotes. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. If this room was full of expectation, there's no end to where God could move. Well, Pastor, why don't, why don't we see certain miracles here at this church? Who's expecting them? Well, Pastor, we thought you were. I am. But I'm only one out of hundreds of people. What if we all did? Oh, I'm about to preach. I'm about to, I'm about to stand up on this chair. Do you, do you realize why you hear stuff and reports about, like, miracles happening in Africa and miracles happening in South America and miracles happening in Asia? And, and you hear stories like people getting out of wheelchairs and people being raised from the dead and blind eyes coming open and ears being healed. And they're not just stories. That's really happening. Why is it happening in other countries and not in America? Expectation. 100% expectation. They got faith. They expect it to happen. They believe the word will happen. They believe that God is still a healer. They believe God still deliver. They expect it to happen, and it happens. And then Americans come in like, whatever. Another week, just doing my thing. This is what we do. We go to church. We're in the Bible Belt, the Midwest. That's what we do. Are you expecting anything? I'm just doing doing this, whatever. Then you get that, and then you're disappointed. It's all expectation. Because that's your faith. That's really your faith. But then we see all these miracle signs and wonders over here, like, God, why is it not happening in America? Why is it not happening in the church over here? Expectation. Right. 
you know, also in other countries like that, and you don't understand it because you live in such a prosperous nation. They expect things to happen because they have to or they'll die. You, no, you guys are good though. You guys are like, hey, if I don't get, if I don't get healed in the line, I got a doctor. So you got like half expectation, like, hey, God, if you want to do it, but I'm getting surgery next week either way. Is that faith? <laughs> but other countries, they got to be healed because there ain't no doctor around. Or like financially, like people in other countries is like, God, if you don't supernaturally bring in some money or some food, we're starving. And they have some expectation, then God provides for them. You're like, why doesn't that happen in America? Because you got a credit card. You're not going to starve. Still the right church. Okay. I'm trying to stir you up this morning because this is the reality of it. How do we respond to God? By hunger? I desire it. I want it. Am I talking to you like I want it today? This is what desire looks like. Not this. And no wonder you get nothing from God. But he's looking for faith and expectation. You know, when I come in here every Sunday morning, I don't know about you, but I expect God to move in the worship. I expect the offering to be good. I expect God to move when I preach. I expect people to be healed when we lay hands on them. I expect deliverance to happen when devils are cast out. I expect miracles to happen. I expect it. But it's not good enough that I expect it. We all got to for God to move. Because that's your faith. Don't say you got faith and you got nothing you're expecting to happen. You don't. You might love the Lord. You, you might go to church, but that doesn't mean you got faith. What are you expecting? Are you expecting anything different to happen? Are you expecting God to do anything? Are you expecting anybody to be healed? Are you expecting any miracles to happen? Are you expecting for God to heal your depression? Are you expecting God to heal your marriage? Are you expecting God to move in your kid's life? Are you expecting anything? Because that's your faith. I'm preaching myself happy. I got to close before I lose my voice, but I still got more to go. Look at this. That's right. Hey, you know, I meant to comment the other day, Miss Marion. You remember when I said, yeah, sandwiches. That's what I was looking for. I said the other day on Life Group Sunday about being hungry, and she said, bring the sandwiches. But I didn't hear it to the podcast. Everybody else was laughing it about it, and I was like, you know what? She's right. Bring the sandwiches. We're making good time, but look at these verses about expectation. Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him 
with John and Peter said, look at us. Notice verse 5. So he gave them his attention, expecting, expecting to receive something from them. Now, if you know the story in Acts 3, this guy was lame. He couldn't walk. And it says he looked at Peter and John expecting to receive something from them. And if you read the rest of the story, he got prayed for, he got strength in his legs, and he stood up and he walked and he leaped and he praised God throughout the whole temple because he expected to receive something. That's faith. That's faith. When you come to church, are you expecting to receive something? When you come to Pastor Nancy later this week, are you expecting to receive something? When you come to your life group, are you expecting to receive something? Because that's the hand of faith reaching out to God and responding to him. This man at the gate was lame, but he was expecting to receive something. Peter and John said, okay, prayed for him, and he was supernaturally healed. Look at what it says in Romans 1, 11 through 12. Paul speaking to the Roman church, for I long to see you. What's that? That's desire, hunger. For I long to see you that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you. In verse 12, that is that we may be mutually encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, expectation, both yours and mine. Paul said, I'm going to come to you, church, and I long to see you. I desire it. I hunger for it. And I got a spiritual gift and blessings for you. But when I come, I know it's going to happen by our mutual faith. What's mutual faith? Meaning I have to have faith as the preacher, and you guys have to have faith to receive it. But it's mutual faith. So when we come here on Friday and Saturday and Sunday for Pastor Nancy, she's going to have faith to give it, but you're going to have to have faith to receive it. Mutual faith. Your expectation. What are you expecting? I don't know. And you know, I, I know this because I've been in church my whole life. I've been overchurched. Some people have been underchurched. I've been overchurched. Jared knows what I'm talking about. When you grow up in a pastor's home, you go to everything. Things you don't even need to be at. Just everything. You're coming. You're not staying home. You're coming. But for a lot of us in here that have been in church a long time, it's you that need the hunger and faith message more than anybody. You know why? Because you get too familiar. You get to in, in such a routine that this is just another church service or this is just another special meeting or this is just another season of life groups. And that attitude is the complete opposite of desire and expectation. And you know what happens? You'll see new people receive a lot in those services and the people that have been here a long time like, eh, I didn't get much. You know why? They had hunger and expectation and you didn't. Because it's just another meeting, another special meeting, another summer camp, another conference. I've been here. I was here in 95, 96, 97, 98. Do you realize how long ago that was? That's a long time. That's 25 years ago. Has God done anything since then? Get your hunger up. Get your faith up. 
Let's see some desire and expectation for what God can do. Not, well, God once moved a church on the rock. God wants to do so much more. God did something years ago, but what is he doing to now? Think about what is he doing? How does that come? Through hunger, desire, and faith, expectation. We're going to land the plane. Are you glad I'm landing? Don't say yes too loud. Bring the sandwiches. That's the new response at Church on the Rock. When I'm preaching good, you say, bring the sandwiches. Brother Daryl, could you come up and play? I got another new one for you. You want another, know another good response? Uh, Zod's been doing this on the second row. If, if, I, if he can tell I'm ramping up, he goes, he's getting hot. He's getting hot. I just heard him out of the corner of my ear a couple times. He said he got that from NBA Jam. When you start hitting a lot of shots and the ball starts turning into fire, it says he's getting hot. I'll take basketball responses. I like that. Did you guys get anything today? Hunger and faith. Hunger and faith. Desire and expectation. And I'm closing here. I, I preached my guts out. Because I love you and I want you to get it. Desire and expectation. Do you desire anything? You could just write this down, but Mark 11, 22 through 24, what does the Bible say about faith? When you desire anything, believe you receive it. Expectation, and you will have it. But it says when you desire something and you expect it, hunger and faith, they go together. You will receive. Lastly, move with the move of God. What do I mean by move with the move of God? Be intentional when you're at church. Be involved. Be a part. Be active in what God is doing. Don't come to church and be a spectator. Be a participator. You'll be amazed how much more you get out of it if you jump in. Be a part and move when God is moving. I know for a fact people like Pastor Nancy and my dad's going to have a meeting in October and other meetings like that. God's going to move mightily in those services, but you've got to move with him. Don't just let the preachers on the first few rows move with it and get something out of the services. You move with it. When we come in here on Sunday, you move with what God is doing. In your personal life, move with what God is doing. Be a part of it. Be active. Dr. Dufresne said, Dr. Ed Dufresne, the reason people don't get more is they don't respond more to God. They don't get more because they don't respond more to God. What does that mean? When you come to church and you come in, you're responding to the Spirit of God. In worship, this is not worship. I mean, 
Is this a welcoming posture? If you're trying to hug somebody. No. Then, then why do you think you're going to receive from God when you're acting resistant? Like, you're not. Now, I'm not saying get wild for wild's sake, but I am saying we all need to respond. You get more when you respond more. When you come in, sing the lyrics. If you don't know the lyrics, there's the screen. Raise your hand. Jump if you want to. Shout if you want to. Dance if the Spirit of God tells you to dance. Do what God is moving. When He's moving, move with Him. You'll be amazed how much more you get out of it other than just being a totem pole for Jesus. Come on. When it's the offering time, put something in there. Be a part of what God is doing financially if you believe in your church. It's amazing. You get more out of the offering when you respond to it. You play a part in it. In the preaching time, don't look at the preacher. Respond with the preacher. You'll be amazed how much more you get out of it when you're taking notes, when you're looking up the verses, when you're responding with your eyes and with your body language and with your words compared to the people that just sit there. When God's moving, you got to move with Him. Not be a spectator, but be a participator. Because Dr. Frain said, you get more when you respond more to God. It's amazing. I've, I've seen people my whole life, same service, same exact service. One person right here said, I didn't get anything. One person here was so excited, was so on fire, got so much out of the service. What's the difference? One responded to the Spirit and one didn't. Usually if I talk to this person, these will be the answers. You ready for it? So, like, on your way to church, did you pray anything, anything like, on your way here? No. Um, did, you, did you worship or sing today during the service? No, I was just kind of uncomfortable. I just kind of stood there. Okay. What about during the offering time? Did you put anything in? No, I mean, I don't really believe in organized religion. Uh, okay. <laughs> what, what about the sermon? Did you look up any verses? No. Did you take notes? No. Did you pay attention? No, I was scrolling Instagram about half the time. Uh, when they called for the prayer line and... It was the issue you were dealing with. Did you go up and get prayed for? Oh, no, I was embarrassed. Then that same person will say. Now, now just acknowledge, am I thinking too clearly here? Am I just calling out the obvious? And I tell that same person, yeah, I wonder why you didn't get anything out of it. Because you got to respond to God for him to respond to you. You got to move closer to God for him to move closer to you. You got to move when he's moving. And by what you said, all 10 of those things, you didn't respond at all back to him. And then you're like, I got nothing out of it. Then this person over here pr prayed up and ready to go. They're worshiping with all their heart. 
They're giving in the offering. They're responding to the message. They go up in every prayer line if it pertains to them. And then they are like, man, I got answers today. My body got healed. God spoke to me. Same service. Now, I've seen this all my life in church. Why? Because one responded to God and one didn't. Sometimes it takes somebody new in our church to stir up us that have been here a while on what God is really doing and how good we really got it. It's kind of like this. If you go to a party and you don't dance, you don't talk to people, you don't eat the snacks, you don't play the games, and you sit over in the corner, your experience of the party is going to be, it was lame, it was boring, didn't get much out of it. Why? Because you didn't participate. You didn't respond to it. But I tell you what, the people like Zod, the guy who's going to eat all the snacks, the guy who's definitely going to dance, who's playing all the games, who's talking to everybody at the party, he's going to act like, this was the time of my life. Is he not? Same party. One responded to it, one didn't respond to it. One spectated and one participated. But we do the same in church. You get out of it what you put into it. When you respond to God and what he's doing. We got to make movement when God's moving. You know why? Because you can't drive a parked car. And God can't move in a believer who's not moving. We got to move when God's moving and be a part of it. You'll be amazed at how much you get out of it. We draw near to him. He draws near to us. I'm really closing. It's an hour and six minutes. But bring the sandwiches. I'm not preaching next week anyways. Pastor Nancy is, so I got to get it in right now. Are you guys bored? Do you want to go home? Taco Bell calling your name, Golden Corral? No, you got a few more minutes. It's only 1141. The Baptists haven't even hit it. It's not noon yet. You got 19 minutes to get there. Some of you will say, well, Pastor, I just don't feel it like you feel it. I'm all for that. I'm all for what you're saying. It's great. I want to be a part of a church like that, but I don't feel it like you feel it. You assume that I feel it all the time. You can't tell whether I feel it or not. Why? Because I respond by faith, not my feelings. I preached messages when I didn't want to come to church. I was so depressed the night before. I was like, I got nothing to say in the morning. But when I showed up, and responded to God, his power met me because I responded to what he was doing. There's times I've been sick as a dog the day before. And I was like, I'm not preaching. But I know if I respond to God, he will respond to me. It's not about your feelings. It's about your faith. And when you respond by faith, then God meets you. So don't assume that about other people. Well, they just feel it more than I do. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. 
Maybe this, they just made some pre-decisions. Angie and I have talked about this many times before. Really, the best services we've ever had are when we didn't feel like it. We didn't feel like coming. Didn't feel good in our body. Didn't feel good in our mind. Some of your best services where you led worship, where you got the most out of it, was when you didn't feel like it. But God's word is true. When you respond to him, he will respond to you. And I know you felt different, didn't you, after you started worshiping like that. I know that in my personal life, any time that I've felt that way, and I'm like, I, I don't want to go. I can't go. I can't do this today. I'm too tired. I don't feel any strength. As soon as I grab this mic, the power of God hit me. Because when you respond to him, he responds back to you. We don't live by our feelings. We live by our faith. Now, why am I saying that? Because if you're waiting for feelings to hit you, to you ever move with God, you'll be waiting a long time. The truth is that we don't, we don't do that. We're people of faith. The truth is that we choose our faith over our feelings and we respond to worshiping when we don't feel like worshiping. And we respond to giving even though we don't feel like giving all the time. We respond to the message even though we don't feel like responding to the message. We respond to the ministry time sometimes when we don't feel like responding to the ministry time. Why? Because when we do, God always meets us. And if we're waiting on our feelings, sometimes our feelings aren't there right then. But this is maturity speaking. Listen to what I'm saying. Eugene Peterson says it like this. We can act ourselves into a new way of feeling way quicker than we can feel our way into a new set of actions. You know why? Because feelings follow choices. Feelings, church, hear me, follow choices. I don't feel like worshiping. Start worshiping, guess what? The feelings will come. They will. Because when you respond to God, he will respond to you. I don't feel like really being involved in this message today at church in the sermon. Feelings follow choices. Choose to. Then, then the feelings will come. I don't know if I should get in the ministry line or not today. Feelings follow choices. Choose to. And then the feelings come. Now, now that's, that's big person talk. Am I in the adult service? That, that's maturity speaking. Because if we went by that, we wouldn't do anything with our life. Do you always feel like being a parent? Do you always feel like being married? Do you always feel like going to work? No, but you choose that. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. And feelings follow choices. But how much more in your spiritual walk? You step out. You move with God when he's moving. You participate and not just be a spectator. And you respond to him. Could you stand up today? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.